Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin-off podcast where Dad and I talk about whatever the hell we want. Dad, how are you doing this morning? Paul, as usual, brilliant. Mm. Well, you're about to feel a whole lot more brilliant because I have some very, very exciting news. Well, um, this is news <laughs> news to me. Yeah, well, we got an email from Acast, who are the ones who actually you know distribute this podcast, mm. and they uh, informed us that I think as of two days ago, Loose Units has just passed the 5 million downloads mark. Staggering. Yeah, so 5 million times people have listened to this show. Isn't so that lovely? Thank you, everyone. Golly. Thank you, because this has mm. become almost a full-time job at this point. Mm. It takes up a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of heart from our, from us, and we really couldn't do it without you. So, five million... Dad, five million people. Now, just think about this. Right, so actually, this calculation I've just done makes it sound like we've done less than we've done. But at this, po- <laughs> at this point, Wembley Stadium fits 90,000 people. If we had done a live show at Wembley Stadium 55 and a half times and to like sold the whole place out, that's how many people... You know what? The imagery is pretty good, but Mm. 5 million people. Everyone, Mm. listen, I cannot thank you enough. You've just absolutely made this whole endeavor. Because this is the sixth season and there's two books and there's a whole bunch of other stuff in the works. And, you know, uh, Dad and I are basically colleagues now, which is really interesting. If we were to appear at Wembley Stadium, Mm -hmm. who'd go on first? What do you mean? Like, who would our support act be? No. Would you go on first, or would I walk on first? No, we'd both repel from the ceiling. Exciting. So, speaking of repelling, Paul, just a preface to this. Uh Um, So, as usual, you said to me, oh, Dad, what are you going to talk about? And I gave you a bit of it, and you just jumped in and basically nailed it, said, yeah, that's... So, how did you hear about this particular story without telling us about the story? Well, no, I think at this point... If you and I are talking in circles about a story we're about to talk about for a few minutes and how we heard about the story without talking about the story, people are going to delete the podcast and we're no, not going won't. to pass six million. Paul, listen, mate. <laughs> Three o'clock this morning, yeah. I woke up. I was looking at the phone mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it thinking, will I or won't I? It was sort of a, a, a very strong urge. At 3 a.m.? Yeah. L- let's, not, let's not dance around things. We're talking about D.B. Cooper, right? Yeah, but Paul, yeah. I had an urge to read the ABC News. Okay. And there was the story. And it, it was so, it got me so, and I can't believe I've never heard the story before. You'd never but, heard but, about D.B. Cooper before? Not really. But oh. then this girl wrote this morning, one of our listeners said, oh, blah, 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 D.B. Cooper. 
check it out. So I've written back to her saying, look, we're, we're going to uh, talk about it today. Yeah, D.B. Cooper is, it's a crazy, crazy story. The reason I knew about it, Dad, is because I'm a very big, maybe like the biggest Twin Peaks fan ever. And apparently Agent Cooper from Twin Peaks was inspired by... D.B. Cooper, if you look at the sort of, um, it's like the kind of most wanted FBI sketch of D.B. Cooper, it, it, it looks quite a bit like Agent Cooper, Agent Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, do you, do you want to run people through like who D.B. Cooper is and about this story? I'd love story? to. Yeah. I've really gone deep into this story, okay? Mm. Um, so I know that, you know, it's a Thursday, but but just, you know, I'd like you to really sort of, I've, I've gone to a bit of bit of an effort. Because there are other sort of things, because there are many, many theories about this particular case. But yeah. I think what's really, really important, Paul and listeners, is that the there was a period in time between, say, 1969 and 1972, mm-hmm. and in America, it was called the golden era of hijacking. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Excellent. So what happened was... I've got the stats between 1968 and 1972, more than 130 American planes were hijacked, which is a staggering number. And every single person that hijacked a plane back then, can you guess the country they wanted to go to? Oh, South America. Cuba. Cuba, okay. Because they didn't have um, they didn't have sort of extradition rights between Cuba and America, yeah, okay, the mainland. Course. So it was a very good place to go. Mm-hmm. So on this on this extraordinary, unbelievable, it, it was so so sort of it was happening so regularly. It was happening about once a week in America. Get ready for this. The American authorities were going to, and this is so fascinating, and it's kind of out of the realms of Twin Peaks. They were going to build a fake. Cuban airport, so that the hijack- yeah, so that hijackers would go to this airport on the assumption. Because yeah. I remember, Dad, when people were kind of lamenting the fact that Donald Trump had gotten into the White House back in 2016, a bunch of people said, "Why don't we just build a fake White House and let him preside over that while we get down to the business?" So, like building a kind of Truman Show style mm. decoy, yeah, so that they would. <laughs> Fly straight there. That's fascinating. How far, fascinating? They, how far do they get on, on the, with that idea? I'd, maybe, maybe just the drawing just, room. Just the idea. But okay. it's such a great. It's such a. It's such a, a out of the box, clever, it's very tangential, sort of beautiful idea. Mm. Um, that's how desperate they were, and they they had a rule back then that if the plane was hijacked, they would always agree to all the terms by the hijacker. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. There's this flight, and it's going... It's sort of an internal flight. Now, I've got the details here. It was going from Portland to Seattle. And this guy, he... The, the, his name was Cooper, but he I think he had a first name of Dean, but that was never ever sort of... That didn't sort of fold into the mythology because a journalist misheard his first name mm-hmm. and thought it was D.B. Cooper. And the guy was in his 40s. He was immaculately dressed. He's sitting at the bar. He's having a, a gin and tonic or something like that, and he was wearing a he was a, he was immaculately attired, and he was wearing this beautiful tie with a sort of a mother of pearl tie clip. Mm-hmm. And when he boards the plane, he goes right down to the back, just as the flight crew. You know how they sort of make they do the safety checks, then they assume their special seats. They, I think they're called jump seats. 
and the crew um, sat. And then one of the um, hostesses looked down and she saw this piece of paper and it was actually on the floor and she picks it up Mm. and it says this guy's got a bomb and he laid out certain demands. She reads the paper then he comes and sit next sits next to her and she imagine how terrified she was sitting in this plane next to a hijacker and he shows her a box and inside the box is a timer lots of wires sticks of um, dynamite so it's all very real she contacts the captain and they're flying they circle uh, the Seattle airport for four hours before they could land They told the passengers, because the passengers are totally oblivious to what's going on, they didn't know that there was a hijacker sitting next to one of the cabin crew down the back of the plane. They're blissfully unaware. The the captain says they've got mechanical problems, and after four hours... Now, the reason it took four hours of circling Seattle, and it's night time, was that the authorities, naming the FBI, had to organise $200,000 in cash, in $20 bills, which weighed just for everyone's sort of information, around about nine kilos. That's a lot of paper money. Mm. They also had to, you know, get his his demands, but the demands were very, very particular so that when they landed, one of the other things that he requested, aside from the 200,000 US, which is now about 1.3 million in sort of today's equivalent, Mm. he also requested four parachutes yeah so mm. you know paul it's so fascinating i mean it's a story that you're aware of um, i'm i'm fascinated and i've sort of dug in really deep because i find it absolutely intriguing because it, it it pulls together one of my favorite sort of topics which is skydiving mm. and you know i've done a lot of jumps and i know people in the sas that have done really really creepy stuff like majorly dangerous when the plane lands and they give him the parachutes they give they've given him the money they get rid of all the the passengers and the only people left are the pilots and the um, this lady that is sitting next to him. And this guy, this uh, DB Cooper, he gives the captain very, very precise instructions. He's to fly at around about 10,000 feet, which I'll come to a little bit later from a technical skydiving point of view. And he has to fly with the wheels down, all the landing gear down. And one of the unusual things he said, he had to fly with the wings set at 15 degrees, which is quite fascinating. And the other thing, which is really, really important, listeners, is that the this was the only type of plane that was flown commercially that had the rear stairwell underneath the back of the plane. Can you visualize that, Paul? Uh, yes, I think so. So you didn't exit from the sides. You could exit basically at the back of the plane, the very back of these stairs that sort of just come down and then you could sort of walk onto the tarmac. And he then asked the female hostess how to operate this particular, you know, device. And it's kind of weird to think that you could actually operate. I mean, can you imagine being in full flight and being able to basically open up the back of the plane and the stairs start going down yeah pretty weird i mean it's so weird to think i mean that would not happen today you just it it just wouldn't you couldn't mechanically do that because it's so dangerous and he had a choice of four parachutes which i find 
quite bizarre. I mean, that's 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 why this has become such an incredible mystery. And so they're flying at ten thousand feet. It's dark. He he's getting ready. The, the he tells the, the the hostess to go to the front of the plane and just go up and be with the pilot. And the hostess says that as she was walking away from this guy, you know, DB Cooper, she closed the curtain. And she goes into the front of the plane, which I imagine was business class, and she just peeked through the curtain, and it's the last time she ever saw this guy, and she saw a few things. She saw him tying something to his waist, the assumption being that he was tying the nine kilos of money. And then he selected one parachute. So he had a choice of four. Apparently three of the chutes were kind of semi-professional parachutes and one of the chutes was actually a round parachute that I've used before which doesn't have the best steering facilities. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And then... As the crew are in the front of the plane, this light comes on in the cabin and that indicates that the stairs are fully extended. And that's the last thing. He, you know, this D.B. Cooper, he had a parachute on. He's dressed in a suit. Weirdly, he left his tie behind. He's got the money strapped to him and he just lunges out. Now, I've been reading various theories from various people. There was a... uh, an American firefighter who actually did skydiving and because they they do use skydivers to fight particularly difficult fires to get to, particularly in Canada. Mm-hmm. So fireys have got this sort of kit with them and they, they actually skydive into spot fires. Pretty amazing, really dangerous. But this particular firefighter who was a suspect for some time, he was of the opinion there's no chance that this guy would have survived just the opening of his parachute and on that particular point i utterly disagree with that firefighter 
Um, well, you're a fi- I, you're an ex firefighter and an ex skydiver. So. Correct, and I I know people. I, one of my mates, he was in a vertical dive, so he was doing way way over a hundred miles an hour, and he opened his parachute at that speed, mm. and he didn't die. So the 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 theory that um, opening a parachute at a hundred miles an hour, but the thing also is that I believe that this guy. There's no way on earth that this person had not done this before, had not jumped out of a plane. Mm. No one in the world... Can you imagine, Paul, if I just gave you a parachute and just said, jump out of a plane? Oh, I'd die. With no training. 100%. I, You'd be going, what, 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 what do you pull? Yeah. What, it's just, that's bullshit. The speed factor. I have exited DC-3s from 18,500 feet. Mm. And what happens is you just simply... You don't just jump out of the plane and pop your chute. What this guy, I believe, because I believe he was experienced, is that he would have gone into free fall. Remember, he's 10,000 feet off the ground. Now, 10,000 feet for the listeners is going to give you, let's assume that he opens at around about 3,000 feet, which is safe, even down to 2,000. So he's got around about 1,000. Now, for every 1,000 feet He's falling. That's around about 10 seconds. So he's got around about, golly, between 40 and 60 seconds, which is a long, long time to be falling. So if he controlled everything, bearing in mind if he knows how to skydive, he can stabilize himself really quickly. Mm. He's got the money strapped to him. He can absolutely, and without sounding ridiculous... If he's, if he's an experienced skydiver, he can just kick back, chill. Um, it's pitch black, so that's kind of... It's, it's freaky. It was also pissing down. So, I mean, he would have been buffeted around a fair bit, but once he'd stabilised, he's in free fall. He has to judge, and if there were no lights at all which is possible because it was over sort of fairly dense forest, he has no idea where the earth is. He knows it's beneath him, but he doesn't know. I mean, he's got to kind of time it, which I believe he would have done. So I reckon he would have counted maybe to 30 mm-hmm. and then popped his chute. And and this other skydiver firefighter reckoned that, oh, you can't control um, a round parachute. Well, that's bullshit. You can steer them. You just grab a whole lot of lines on one side, pull mm-hmm. down, and you can turn. So that's that's, and you can also. So he's coming into absolute blackness. The adrenaline must be insane. It's pissing down rain, pitch black. He's got no idea. Basically, and then I reckon that he would have the first thing he would have felt would have been his feet flying over and touching the tops of trees, assuming that he was landing in a wooded area. I don't know whether there were cleared areas. I don't know whether there were other people involved. In a in a really, really good scenario, he would have... Because let's go back to why on earth did he ask for four parachutes? Is that not so bizarre? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes in an emergency you can get like a car to turn its headlights on and you can if you if if you're in free fall you've got amazing ability to actually track towards uh, an object um 
And my good friend uh, who was in the SAS, he and uh, a group of colleagues in a very, very dark, stormy night over um, Bass Strait, they jumped out of a plane from 20,000 feet and they and the seas were huge and they landed in the ocean in and it was pitch black and they boarded an oil rig. How's that, Paul? <laughs> For training. That's crazy. And and that is so so just it 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 blows your mind. Yeah. You know what's interesting um, you know what's interesting about this is uh the reason I knew about D.B. Cooper was obviously because of, you know, Twin Peaks and a bunch of other factors. And also, um, in the new series of Loki with Tom Hiddleston, he actually reveals that he was D.B. Cooper in disguise, yeah. just sort of messing around. But that's all fiction. There was an article released in January this year uh, at The Independent in the UK. And I'll read the headline to you, and I think you'll be quite interested. Longtime D.B. Cooper suspect dies at 94, leaving mystery of daring hijacker unsolved. One of the main suspects in the infamous unsolved hijacking of a flight from Portland to Seattle 50 years ago carried out by the mysterious D.B. Cooper has died in California, age 94. Sheridan Peterson, who passed away the 8th, on the 8th of January, was thought to possibly be the Dan Cooper who hijacked Northwest Orient Flight 305 on Thanksgiving Eve in 1971. Mr. Peterson was considered a chief suspect due to his experience as a smoke jumper, a firefighter that parachutes into remote areas to tackle wildfires. <laughs> and love of skydiving. He served as a Marine during the Second World War and later worked as a technical editor at Seattle-based Boeing. Indeed, he wrote about possibly being D.B. Cooper in an article for the National Smoke Jumper Association's magazine. And this is a quote from his piece. Actually, the FBI had good reason to suspect me, he wrote. Friends and associates agreed that I was without a doubt D.B. Cooper. There were too many circumstances involved for it to be a coincidence. At the time of the heist, I was 44 years old. That was the approximate age Cooper was assumed to have been, and I closely resemble sketches of the hijacker. On another occasion, a photo came to light from a Boeing newsletter showing him dressed in exactly the same manner as the hijacker was said to have been during the 1971 flight. Mr. Peterson insisted... He was in Nepal at the time of the hijacking, but nevertheless, he was still considered a prime suspect by the FBI. Eric Ullis, an entrepreneur from Phoenix, spent years trying to establish the real identity of D.B. Cooper. He concluded that he was 98% certain that Mr. Peterson had carried out the heist. So fascinating. And, you know, that's very, very interesting. And that is perhaps why he was so adamant that it would not have been successful jumping out of a plane and opening a parachute at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Because that's absolutely incorrect. And Paul, mm. let's go back to some of our previous stories over the years. Yes. Where we have actually, beyond a reasonable doubt, factually um, made reference to people that have jumped out of planes and survived with no parachute. No parachute. Yeah, yeah. And if you're, and, and if you're going to... Look, as long as his parachute was deployed... Mm. He could have come down through the trees and let's face it, they're pine trees. They're not gum trees. Mm. You know, they're they're and it 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 would have broken the fall. And it's unlikely that look, I, I think that's bloody great what you've just read and that that reaffirms um and he could never prove he was in nepal no 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 <laughs> he's off the, he was off the grid so there's something so great about someone pulling off a crime where no one gets hurt everyone gets to tell a cool story and then on top of all of that he dies aged 94 <laughs> having it's incredible al- having almost bragged about it that is assuming i know yeah 
Yeah, it's amazing, Paul. It's a, it's a wonderful story, mm. and not not so great for um for that the uh, you know the lady that had to sit next to him. That would have been extremely traumatic, obviously. Mm. Um, but I just think it's um one of those wonderful, wonderful stories. Everyone loves a heist, Dad. Everyone loves a heist, yeah, and- especially when they especially when they get away with it. You know. Mm. Yeah, and 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 to to our knowledge, I mean, no one was was injured, at least physically. I mean, you know, the trauma mentally would have been at the time, yeah. you know, pretty intense. Of but course. I, I just, I, I just am adamant that no human being uh, would go to that much trouble. I mean, just choosing that particular plane on that, his knowledge of aircraft, and 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 is it not bizarre, everyone, that he requested that the wing flaps be set to fifteen degrees? It's just, and he had the landing gear down. Now, one of the reasons he had the landing gear down, in my opinion, is that that enabled the plane to be able to fly a lot slower yeah. than it normally would. Yeah. Um, he basically, it seems like he he knew enough to make sure that he could land safely. And I just, it's so, it's such an exciting story. It really is. It's an exciting is. story. Yeah. Bear, bearing in mind that... Um, um, are you aware, Paul, that um, several months later, a young boy found some of the banknotes on the bank of uh, a lake? That's fascinating. Mm. That's fascinating. But that could be um, a ruse. A ruse. Or ruse. It's the kind of it's the kind of true crime stuff I like, mm. where it doesn't have you know like orphaned children and slaughtered remains sprayed up and down a lawn or you know crime scene tape. It's just a weird dude pulled off a pretty daring heist and maybe survived. And if he did, and if he was this guy, he basically bragged about it and then died of old age. I mean, that's crazy. Mm. Oh. I think how many crimes have been committed that mm. are quite extraordinary that where where. Many many people have taken the secret with them to yep. the to to the eternal resting house. The eternal resting, resting house. house? Oh, that doesn't quite sound That's right. But weird. Yeah. Um, and look, thanks to Amy as well, one of our avid listeners. Yeah. Uh, for for writing in this morning and spurring this odd kind and of yeah. investigative. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's been a cracker. And 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 uh, to D B Cooper, I say um, tally ho. <laughs> <laughs> Tally-ho to that great resting house in the sky. Mm. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and thank you, everyone, once again for helping us clock 5 million downloads. That is absolutely bananas. Here's to the next 5 million. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we will see you soon for another episode of Loose Units. Bye. Thanks very much, everyone. Goodbye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.